fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, interesting fixes to giant sinkholes in your forum. Making fun of bald people can cost you plenty. Danielli takes issue with Jordan Peterson's notion that poverty causes crime. Folk medicine to the rescue. More trouble from is with the bad police. The death penalty. Bone broth. And the simple fact that people who live in their own universe will never change their minds. And now... Asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dows Podcast, begins now. Beep. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 113 of the Drunken Dows Podcast. It's Danielle and Rich hanging out again. Welcome, my friend. Lately, I've noticed um, that's been interesting. There have been times when our guest episodes were getting a lot more downloads than our episodes. Yeah. Now it's becoming the opposite. We tend to get a lot more for our episode than for our guest, which Who is kind of funny because, I know, it's the awesomeness of it all, but... I think a lot of it is name recognition yeah. that sometimes people have no idea who somebody is and the episode can be awesome but unless people know the name already they are not going to check it out. You know, I <clears throat> I kind of did the same thing. I know that there's some that I no, listen I to it. and it's like, "Oh, I know like, oh, and that person." Oh, yep. and some of the ones just sort of get lost. Yeah, and I think we haven't been pushing for, I mean, we had Duncan or something, but other than that, we haven't been pushing for names that are obvious like, "Oh, that guy" kind of thing. Yeah. So that may be part of the story. But in any case, if you haven't checked them out, there are some pretty good interviews that we have done. So check them out. The um, Well, the latest right before this one, uh, the last name at least should be familiar with the, that Bolelli last name should be interesting. I think that one's going to blow up. That's going to be Graham Hancock uh, level. With that, that should question. be fun. I had fun with that. Papa Bolelli. Did you understand him? You got the accent or is it? I understand all of it, but yeah. just, come on, just five years. You, you have a bunch of now. training, right? I don't have any idea what he says. I just nod and occasionally when I hear a word I recognize, ha, ha, ha. I make a joke. Good. Perfect. <laughs> the Let's thank... Some good folks. Let's start thanking, of course, Datsusara on it and Sure Design. Mm-hmm. Datsusara with the greatest hemp gear on the planet. Bags, hoodies, uh, travel bags, backpacks, you name it. Uh, Chris is constantly coming up with new products. Check out dsgear.com. And as usual, check out, actually, if you go on to the Drunken Taoist, um, on our page, on the Drunken Taoist, you can get you can get codes to get discounts from Datsusara, discounts via Onnit, discounts for Sure Design. So all of this stuff, you may probably your first stop would be our website, and in the episode notes you get all the discounts. But you can check out what Chris has to offer at dsgear.com. 
check out what Onnit has to offer as onnit.com. And again, I think there's a slash something so that you get the discount automatically through us. Um, lately, I've been on these. I like their foods a lot. I mean, supplements are great. Don't get me wrong. Some of their supplements are awesome. But I'm really digging some of the foods that they offer from the giant bag of Himalayan sea salt that we have here. Which seems endless, to, too, because uh, it is so salty. It's great. I, I've I dig it. Like a quarter of what you would normally use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you put that regular teaspoon in. Look out, friend. You feel it, yeah. The a lot of their snacks are awesome, lots of so. But again, on it is so hard to even begin to start wrapping it all up. There's so much good stuff. Just check out the website, see if there's anything that may interest you. And of course, sure design with the coolest t-shirts on the planet and harem pants. Yeah, those I keep two. trying to push those. You know that actually is a lot bigger than short design. You know, it's they are the same company, they are the same people, but yeah, yeah. they say they get a ton more. Hat and pants than short design. Wow! In terms of uh, volume of sales, you know. Speaking of Dr. Sarah, now I think I, I was wondering. We we had the trouble with our um, <laughs> guy running the hotel when we went up to San Francisco. It's probably because we rolled in and we looked like we were on some kind of maneuvers. Oh, because you have like black bags and twenty black bags. Yeah, yeah, of course. That that by itself has to be disconcerting to some poor soul. It does. What was it? I think it was Duncan, one of the animated uh, Datsusara thing. You know, we did the uh, Isis one. Duncan had one where he says something about how Datsusara is the perfect backpack if you're planning to uh, kill Start a czar or Oops. murder an evil wizard <laughs> or something. And it's like, yeah, it's true. It does look as mildly intimidating if you it have five people all rolling with these black bags. Here you're they like, come. whoa. Especially with our attitudes attached to it. Yeah. Woo! What are they carrying in there? You don't want to know, friend. Yeah, the, um, and let me give a couple of shout outs too. Um, yes, yes. Big one to alphidynamicshealth.com. Their website should be up by now. They're just getting started. The medicinal mushrooms that they sell are, you know, kind of basics of Chinese medicine in some way. They've been used as tonic, as energy boosting, as health promoting things in Chinese medicine just about forever. These guys at Alpha Dynamics, they have kind of packaged in a couple of different blends that they sell. Um, some awesome. I'm kind of waiting for my sample. I very much like to try them. I'll put in the episode notes the link to their website, to their Instagram. I do like that they have a money back guarantee if people don't like the products. So if you are into such thing, you might want to check them out. I want to. I definitely want to check them out. So it sounds like good stuff. This is all pre-order right now. Um, it's going to be a few more days till everything is operational with them. We're a few days ahead of them because of the way the recording goes. But uh, within a few days, I'll be up and running and orders will be on their way. So pre-order away and uh, happy shrooming. Plus, they sponsor the Apex Savannah M in her fighting career. So that's always sweet and earns my undying love. Um, also, one more person that I want to give a shout out to is uh, Leafar Guerrero from. This is awesome. This was I started doing for the History on Fire the um, the series about Cortez and the Aztecs, and when he heard about it, he said, "Oh, I got to sponsor one episode of that." So. Which makes no business sense whatsoever, right? Because the guys, you know, normally if you want to sponsor a podcast, when you have an audience that reaches kind of worldwide, there is no single, it's not a radio audience like all the people from LA listen to right. or 
you want to have a business that's a worldwide business where people can order online and they get their stuff everywhere, right? That's what makes sense. He doesn't. He has a restaurant in the San Fernando Valley of Los Angeles. So it makes no sense to sponsor something that goes to the whole world where, you know, out of, yeah, I mean, I'm going to have a bunch of listeners in LA, but not, you know, a lot more elsewhere. He decided, I don't care. It's, that's not what it's about. I'll sponsor it just because for fun. And so the one thing I would like you, I would like to ask you guys to do is, um, since most of you, I mean, if you are in LA, great, go check him out. I'll put the website in the episode notes. He's in the Valley. So you find yourself in the Valley of LA, go check it out for some awesome Mexican food. But for the vast majority of you who are not going to be in LA anytime soon, would be sweet if you can click a like on their Facebook page. It's not exactly asking for much. Just press one like and that would help. That would just show appreciation. So if you can do that, it is in the episode notes. Mama Licha's Kitchen. I'm actually waiting to go down there and gobble up on some good Mexican food myself. I think I'm going to sample it in about 30 minutes. That sounds about right. I'll have my full report. I let's, can't wait to check out his chili relleno. Let's do that. Awesome. Cool. Having said that, let's jump in. to put your hands in the air and praise Father Bellelli is here to share some more tales from the good book. This should be a children's story because um, I'm going to title Elisha and the Bears which sound like a perfect children's story, right? That sounds very nice. Yes. Are these bears that come out of the woods and eat children? I see you have studied very good. From two kings to twenty three twenty four. <laughs> Here we have the story. So good old Elisha, a prophet of God, was traveling from Jericho to Bethel when suddenly a group of children, yeah, it's unclear how old they are, young, either young teens or kids, something like that. Start making fun of him. I'll read you the actual biblical quote. He said, Then he went up from there to Bethel, and as he was going up by the way, young lads came out from the city and mocked him, and said to him, He's bald. Go up, you bald dad. Yes. Go up, you bald head. When he looked behind them and saw them, he cursed them in the name of the Lord. At the moment, two female bears came out of the woods and tore up 42 lads of their number. There's some hungry bears. Yeah, there are some seriously hungry. 42 people by two bears. That's a lot of bear work. But you know. Yet Leonardo DiCaprio manages yeah. to survive one, one exactly, on one. Exactly. So it's like, Grant, you know, one on two because he had some help by the screenwriter. Who is a, <laughs> you know, having the screenwriter on your side is always important, but still. Was this in uh, Was this in Fifty Things You're Not Supposed to Know About Religion? You know, maybe. I can't remember. It's got to be. It's entirely possible that it was. I think it's the bald connection that, that gets me so riled up. 
Man, we took some pictures over the weekend, and I had no idea how much real estate has been given away to the scout. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, my Lord. So, yeah. But, yeah. Eat those little bastards. What are you doing? How dare you? (laughs) 42 of them eaten by two Eaten. No, probably not eaten, but killed by two bears. You would literally uh, have to hang out and wait in line. Yeah, basically. It's like, your turn. Next. Next. Damn, that looks like it hurts. I'm sorry. Are you questioning the truth of the Bible? Are you saying that that may not have happened as it's told? You know, old me, before my education began in earnest, would have been frightened to say such a thing. But no, of course it's bullshit. Whack, oh! whack, whack, whack. <laughs> I know better. My God, I'll have to get a stronger whip. This one broke. Probably just, uh, probably just failures in translation. Hey, but if you have the Lord on your side, suddenly you have super powerful bears who can do things that not ordinary bears can do. It's funny, by the way, I read you, I ran out, like, as I was researching the story, I'm like looking, oh, let me find something online. One of the first sites I run into is this kind of Christian apologetic site. And it's too funny, like, I don't even have to make fun of it. I can just say it in the road words. And They're it's funny do it for as you. it is, totally. Is um, why would God allow two bears to kill 42 young lads simply for saying Elisha was bold? Let's take a look. Elisha was traveling from Jericho to battle when a group of young men verbally accosted him. Baldy! 42 is a large number of people, and they were probably an organized group who had gone out to challenge Elisha. Their mockery implied a malicious intent, especially when the culture of the time insisted on showing respect to their elders. Furthermore, the statement go up, you bold dad, has cultural significance. First of all, go up is a reference to Elisha predecessor Elijah ascending to heaven. In other words, they are stating they want Elisha gone. And since Elijah, because it would be too easy to have names that are actually different, so we have Elijah and Elisha, Jesus Christ, had gone on to the next word, the implication is they wanted Elisha dead. And the epithet bull dead was one of contempt in the East. Blah, 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 blah. Um, So such a statement could easily have been a deliberate and malicious insult, something dangerous in a mob that can quickly get out of hand. Given the challenge of the youths, their intimidating number, which could constitute a mob, their veiled threat, their contemptuous attitude, and the fact that Elisha was the prophet of God, the Lord allowed the youths to be destroyed. But God did not break his own moral law. The Bible says, do not murder. Murder is the unlawful taking of life. But all people have sinned against God and are worthy of death. So God had them killed according to the law. Wow. There's the ISIS connection again. I know, man. It's like... So murder's one thing. Can't do that. But death by bear? It's all good. Yeah, man. That's some freaky stuff. That's some... But then again, as you said, as uh, screw people who make fun of bold people. Hell right, yeah, man. Right. What the hell are you all thinking? Yeah, yeah. That's so, very hurtful. I hope a bear comes home and eats your family for that. How dare you? On the bear note, I saw an awesome video. It would give Joe Rogan <laughs> nightmares for days. There's this video of these um, mountain bikers somewhere in Slovenia, I want to say. They are riding down the trail. And, you know, one of the guys, the dash cam on top. So you see what's going on with the front, the, the guy in the front, right? And from the right corner of the screen, you see this enormous brown mass just charge. And he's trying to get the, one of the guys on the bicycle. 
and then when he realizes he can't do it, Turn. he abandons, turns, and cut the corner to go get him after the curve. And that's when his friend is yelling at him to stop. And I don't know what they did next because that's where the footage ends. Maybe the bear backtracked them and did them both. I'm not sure. But... And sat around for the other 46. Exactly, to come by. Man, that was interesting. In any case, yeah, don't piss off bears. Don't piss off bold people. Don't piss off the Lord. Well, you know, for the first time, there may be a, maybe a, a hint of, uh, of usefulness in there. I mean, you teach you children a lesson for making fun of people. That's why It's I... not nice to be fun of people, but how does this fit into our death penalty uh, assumption? Not That punishment is not quite why? fitting the crime. No, it seems a little harsh, but... I don't know. I I don't remember the figures I've seen, but I think God killed like 20 million people in the Bible. Well, yeah. That's... And like the devil's only responsible for like 12. Yeah. There's... At the behest of God. That goes back to uh, the good uh, Gnostic, the Demiurge idea. Oh, the of... Demiurge. That's I think about him story. all the time. He might be in office right now. Yep, indeed. It's ranting time! It's ranting time! Let's rant. Let's do this. Um, you ever heard the uh, Rogan podcast with Jordan Peterson? No. Okay. Um, professor out of University of Toronto, I want to say. He was the guy who, uh, like, they were giving him shit because he wasn't... He was refusing to use these absolutely ridiculous gender pronouns that were his, like... No, it's not a he or a she. It's a, it's like so. I see the point, you know. He and they were giving him shit with the ultra political correctness. So he was, you know, right about that. I get that part. I think there's also a name for people who are of uh, what's the safe word? Um, traditional um, alignments. Yeah, it's. it's... A... There's a name for everything now. The whole thing gets complicated. So you know, that's kind of what made him famous. Um, a lot of people liked him. There was uh, the podcast he did uh, with Joe. I think he did a couple, and then he was a guest on others. And then people have uh, seemed to really dig his stuff. And some of the stuff I heard was good. You know, some of it was good. Then I ran into this one video of his that I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Because this was, he's basically making an argument um, based on like a guest he had, uh, I think on his podcast, I don't know if he has a podcast or what, where I, I'm assuming it's a podcast because he was, he was referring to a guest he had on his show. So I'm assuming that's what it is. But he was saying that there basically is no connection between super deep poverty and crime, kind of like that is only relative poverty. In other words, if you're not the poorest of the poor. You are kind of doing poorly and you see somebody else who has better thing and you want to steal their shit. But not the real deep poverty doesn't cause crime. So his thing is poverty doesn't cause crime. And I was just like, whoa, time out. It got even better when at one point he uses the example of South Dakota, saying, you know, look at a place where there's a fair poor state like South Dakota. You know, there's hardly any crime in South Dakota. And there are hardly like, any people in South Dakota. There's that first. But second is, let's start with that, you know, before we even go further. Yeah. There's hardly any crime in South Dakota. First, 
South Dakota is smack in the middle of the United States in terms of, it's like number 25 in crime. So it's average. It's neither super crime, but definitely not a crime-free place by any stretch of the imagination. So that's just factually wrong. Start with that. B, if anything, South Dakota is the perfect example of something that proves his very thesis wrong because what you have is that you find a lot less crime in those more affluent parts of South Dakota and you find crazy high level of crime where the poverty level is off the charts, such as Pine Ridge Reservation or places like that, as you would expect, you know, as you would as be. As folks get desperate, they lash out a little bit? You think? What a shock. I know. But that's why it's like, to me, it's like saying the sun is out. It's not even up for much of a debate. It's such an obvious thing. And the fact that a guy that's supposed to be this super brilliant guy would... I don't know. I find it bizarre. I mean, I mean, even like right now, I'm in the middle of this multi-book research for an episode of History on Fire. Oh, I'm going to give you a sneak preview, I ooh, guess, that ooh. I wasn't planning on. But it's about piracy in China in the 1800s. And yeah, it gets good. But the even that like demonstrate unambiguously, like even the officials in charge of going after the pirates flat out states that... Anytime the price of rice go up and people can no longer afford it, suddenly the number of pirates go sky high. So they, they tell you, and they are the guys who are not exactly making apologies for pirates. They are the guy in charge of finding them and chopping their head off. And they say, well, it's because of poverty. That's why they do it, you know. So this argument that poverty would have, and I'm, I'm not just mild poverty, real deep, heavy poverty would not have any connection with crime. I find it beyond bullshit. I just find it so incredibly stupid that it's just painful to listen. Painful to listen, particularly so if it comes from a guy who is supposed to be this smart guy, and he is, you know, on other things, he's very smart. So I'm kind of puzzled by... How can that even come? And I mean, some of it to me is ideological because my understanding is that in terms of where he stands on issues of poverty and stuff like that, it's kind of like part of his uh, part of his spiel that would fit this conclusion that is not exactly, you know, of course, his number one hatred in the world is communism, which, you know, we can agree on that. Communism sucks. There's no argument on that. But the point is he takes it a little bit far from, you know, communism is evil to arguing that basically any discussion of redistribution of wealth or anything that even vaguely reinforces that is on the same plane. And from that, again, we can argue about that premise. Maybe, okay, we can argue on that, right, wrong, we can talk about it. But from there to argue that real deep poverty doesn't cause crime, this to me is an example of the bad things that ideology does to human beings. Because it's like if a really smart guy can go from some debatable but possible, maybe he has good reasons, ideological position, to flat out denying evidence in the name of proving his point, that's not the most intellectually honest thing I've ever heard of. You know, that's to me is uh, problematic to say the least. And again, the example, of, you pick the example of South Dakota, Jesus Christ, is like the perfect example to disprove what you just said. So, I don't know. I found it kind and of interesting. South Dakota doesn't provide population density either, which seriously has And to still, to you're in the middle of the United... Like, you're number 25 out of 50 states. It's yeah. not number 50 where you can say, okay, what's going on there? That's interesting. No, it's completely average crime rate. 
So, yeah, he may be right about other issues. Definitely the bullshit with the University of Toronto, right about that. He may, I just don't get it. You know, I just don't, or rather, I think I do. I think it's just ideology causing. You have to give somebody that, see, right here, this guy proves that, you know, redistributing the wealth. We can't do that. That would be a terrible thing. Yeah. So and they're perfectly that's... happy sitting around with nothing. It's, you know. And if I can bitch one more, and again, I don't dislike the guy per se. I'm not crazy super big fan as a lot of people i know are but i don't dislike him either but also the funny thing that i notice about him on podcast over and over is he's all crying legitimately about how the university of toronto is giving him shit and threatening his job and this and that and i get that part okay you know you don't want to abide by some stupid rule and they're giving you hell you're right you know i get it but he's doing that, and at the same time, I was checking out his Patreon account. The guy rakes in $30,000 a month on Patreon. He's like, come on, have the dignity of shutting the fuck up about, oh, poor me, uh, they are threatening my livelihood. You know, he's <laughs> like, you have that, the 30000 a month, on top of the job that you still have, by the way, because they haven't fired you. They are just making life a little hard for you. He's like we can tone it down two notches. You can still say that they are dicks. You can still say that what they are doing is not right and you're correct, but come on. Yeah, time for a little uh, walk a few miles in the other person's moccasins before you decide to declare. Somebody had it. um, I won't mention names because I'm not sure whether he wants me to, but somebody we had on the podcast who like Jordan Peterson said it very well. I thought he was pretty funny. He said... uh, you know, a lot of people comparing to Joseph Campbell. And he's like, yeah, he's kind of like Joseph Campbell if Joseph Campbell was really neurotic. <laughs> he thought he was, like, pretty funny. <laughs> but in any case, so that's that's the one. Uh, should we rant more or are we ranted out? I, th- I think that we need a mini rant about the insanity of the Paris Accord being sure. tossed asunder. We've reached a point where just... <clears throat> When Exxon and Rex Tillerson mm-hmm. tell you don't do it, yeah, and you do it anyway, yeah, just bad. to appease a ton. I guess it's just to try to have some sort of victory. Mm-hmm. But come on, now it's reached an embarrassment level. Yeah, I'm assuming you guys are familiar with the news, but basically the whole and uh, two weeks from Trump now, when this comes out, it could be a whole different thing. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's, everything is changes, but it's living, fresh right now. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's weird. I mean, the Paris Accord wasn't even that great to begin with because no. it wasn't really that binding. Wasn't, Non-binding. Like, it's a very, it was kind of like, in some way, I mean, Trump is playing the um, uh, George W. Bush Kyoto Protocol role. He's, he's following the same book, you know, yeah. he's similar thing. Kyoto Protocol was this very mild uh, asking, not even requiring nations to cut down mildly on their emissions of uh, of uh, like pollutants and stuff like that. And if anything, the Kyoto Protocol, like the Paris thing, could be criticized for how weak it is because it's really not asking for much. Nope. And, it's, and it is, you know, one of the critiques that have been made, which is why Trump runs with it, is the idea that uh, it's, um, it's asking the United States to for a much heavier uh, cut than other nations. Yeah. Then again, the United States own we were the polluters in chief. Yeah. of the resources, consume 25% of the resources. Yep. As India and China are definitely trying to catch up, but the United States has been, you know, polluter number one for a really long time. 
So it's one of the things where it's like, yeah, there's a reason why. And again, maybe you can negotiate that. You can argue about, hey, can we, can China step up also and do a little more? Because I feel this is unfair. That's a legitimate point of discussion. But it's not a legitimate, I'll walk away from the whole thing, which no. is exactly what George W. Bush did with the Kyoto Protocol. It's the same thing that Trump does, which goes back to kind of what I keep saying now. I really don't like Democrats, but every time I think these guys cannot suck any worse, all I have to do is look at Republicans and feel like, oh my God, okay, that is worse. There are deeper layers of evil to the whole thing. It's like, I don't like what most of the Obama presidency I disagree with a ton of decisions uh but then you know when you when trump shows up you're like okay well what's it gonna be if this nothing time? else is entertaining but while the oh. world goes up in flames but it's and you try to you know just grasp that there were literally people sitting there clapping along like yeah. this is the greatest thing that ever happened it's just it's just just the loss of of well, our but country's I mean, leadership in the world well but i mean even that is fun is like the uh, by now it's gonna be probably a month uh, afterwards but there was uh, a few days ago there was also the video of uh, Trump just shoving some dude out of the way at the beaming while he was doing uh, what is it UN G7 yeah yeah. yeah. and just to be able to step in front and and you know you it's funny human psychology is interesting the average response was most most people most people who hate Trump, but also most people who don't hate Trump who just kind of take a look at the thing from a more neutral standpoint go, oh, what a fucking bully. You know, you don't do that. That's just so messed up. You can't just shove somebody out of the way just to, I want to be first in the peak opportunity, you know? And to me, it was interesting because I was like, I would love to see how somebody who likes Trump spin this because these just look like a dick move you well, know they're he's not the president of the united states and he was from luxembourg or something so he's clearly well there's kind of that there's the idea of like oh finally after that wimp obama now there's a real man in the white house this is how you do it there's uh uh this is what this reminds everybody america first we are a strong nation that kind of thing and i was like oh my god serious yeah. you know it's uh so yeah, people. I think in some ways, funny people live in their own universes and they tell themselves stories, however they like the stories. And no matter what people do or say, you're never changing their mind. No, that's nothing gonna. You know, it's it's interesting <laughs> though. That's, I did enjoy the, the the French president sort of veering away from Trump as he approached them. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you've seen that; it's quite delightful. And he actually addressed us in English yesterday. Did him. Saying that they still believe in us and they know we're having some trouble, but we'll be coming back around. Isabella moment, boom, boom, boom. Isabella moment from the past. We go back in time. I got reminded of this. The, <laughs> the, um, you know how she had this thing when she was two that she would always run away screaming, let's run away from the bad police, which I don't I know where that, that came from. But yes, I guess that's answered the question where that came from. But it was an interesting moment when um, she, she was about two or three and she went with her grandma to a donut shop. 
Sounds like trouble already. And just like, you know, you're in a donut shop. What's the sentence we just mentioned? Something about the police. All stereotypes are always true. So what do we get? Of course, three cops walking after them. And uh, Isabella promptly yells out, Nonna, let's run away from the police. And, you know, my mom turns purple and the cops just (laughs) laugh and ask, who taught you that? And she replies with a big smile, pointing the finger, my dad and my nonna. And I was like, mother. First, it wasn't even true. We didn't do it. It was her own personal creation. But, uh, but yeah, that was awesome. Then she ratted us out. At least I wasn't there, but my grandma was there. She said she wanted to just hide somewhere. And uh, then she really had to run away from the bad police. <laughs> you know? So, so yeah, that was glorious. That was a good um, relationship with authority. Hasn't changed a whole lot, but... Well, she gets it from her grandfather. Yeah, I think, you know, as a general rule, not too many of us have had greater relationships with authority, but, hey, not everybody, right? There are some good cops. There are some good people in position of authority. There are... Luckily, there's a few. Yeah, 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 of course. So I'm not overgeneralizing, but... In any case. So that's a blast from the past from Isabella. She was how old then? Like three? Two or three, yeah. Isn't it amazing how fast the time goes? Oh, yeah. She's about to turn eight years old. You'll be at the college graduation before you know it. I'm sure. I found it to be full of pride, excited for her, Mm -hmm. but there's definitely a melancholy that goes with it that it's like, wow, that sort of chapter is all done for sure yep already happened so now i gotta find another way to save the world (laughs) which one is it gonna be i don't i want to make sure people have food i think that's the most important that's step number one that's usually a good start yeah food helps and then of course my uh, upcoming book on uh, uh, curing uh, autoimmune through diet yeah yeah you actually tell the good folks what you've been doing well uh my wife has autoimmune disorder and We've spent 18 months now dealing with Western medicine, feeding her, you know, literally like chemo drugs Mm -hmm. to try to get her, her white blood cells are attacking her musculature. Mm -hmm. And it's like steroids and cancer drugs and all sorts of stuff. And to me, it just doesn't make any sense to shut your immune system down. And we're pretty convinced this all started with a massive amount of antibiotics that sort of scrambled her immune system. But, um... Luckily, uh, my daughter's boyfriend is studying Eastern medicine and had begged her for like six months, go see these acupuncturists, talk to these healers. Think right. of that. Not doctors, healers. They're not concerned about, you know, yep. the pharmaceutical companies selling all their chemicals. They're concerned about making somebody better. Yep. And she pretty much diagnosed her with what she called a leaky gut. Apparently, when the antibiotics destroy everything that's inside your intestines, it leaves holes. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Great Barrier Reef when all the little yep. critters are pulled out. It's like a sieve. And that allows poisons from your gut to leak into your system. And that really oh, makes yeah. your autoimmune system that would freak out. mess you up. And uh, so she suggested taking her down to a, like a very strict paleo diet, which is essentially like grass-fed animals mm-hmm. and a very strict bunch of vegetables, which is tough. Like some things not on the list are like tomatoes and right. eggplant. Holy shit. Now you're really getting into my neighborhood, you know, yeah. the rice and bread. That's one thing. But and it's because those things do cause inflammation. Totally. So anyway, um, 
now we make these bone broths and and just go top to bottom and the difference has been amazing i mean just in seven weeks um i can tell she feels better yeah that's nuts and i mean i remember even we had on the podcast ian mccall who was talking about it with his daughter yep we had you know it's funny how yeah if you talk to the average doctor uh, nutrition is not a topic. No. It just doesn't even come. Nutrition, what? It's food. As long as you... We <clears> talked <throat> to a doctor, and one thing, even before we got to that, we were talking about turmeric being yeah. a helpful anti-inflammatory. And she was, oh, 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 it'll just turn your teeth orange. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. No, I know. It's freaky. It's like I remember when Elizabeth was going through med school that uh, there was no discussion whatsoever of nutrition. Isn't that crazy? And you're like, wait, the stuff that you put in your body to make your body function a certain way, whether you eat McDonald's six times a day or whether you eat, it's all the same. That's what you're telling me, that it has no impact on health whatsoever. I don't think there's anything more important than what... And this, I just, you know, didn't learn until 46 years old, finally wake up. Well, and I mean, you had the perfect example. You have a story with your wife now with, uh, you know, things getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Following the protocol of what they tell her to do. Try all the... Exactly. And then you start cutting down on that and you go around the one that they would consider, oh, what is this crazy folk medicine? What is That's this? Exactly you know, the way we live in the 21st century now. We have medicine for it, except your fucking medicine is not working. Yes. Whereas suddenly this stuff is. That's what drives me insane. It's like, that's what I feel. I mean, I've run, um, most doctors I've run into have always been very nice people. Yes. And m- most of them, not all. Some are absolute dicks, or like in anywhere, of well, course. Well, especially the ones with the God complex. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's... And those upper-end folks. Totally. But the overwhelming majority of the ones I've run into have been very good people. Yes. The problem is... It's not them as human beings that I found the failing. It was the system that are training that I found. Like I found, you know, if somebody chop your arm off, you run into an emergency room with your hair hanging down saying, please reattach it. Those are, that's where Western medicine is awesome. You know what I mean? That's where. We had this exact conversation. It's like mechanically. Totally. You snap something, you break something. They can weave their magic and hook all that stuff back together. Yeah, I but, like that. But they don't know anything about these autoimmune things. And I had no idea. I mean, just figuring out what it was. Now, is it lupus? Is it this? Is it that? They have no idea. And she just got lucky that she might have had a genius rheumatologist that was like, this is what that is. Right. We could still be trying to figure out what it is. Totally. But when it comes to that, they don't have nothing to say. No. Nope. What, what causes it? We don't know. How long will it last? No idea. Perhaps forever. You might go in remission tomorrow. Yeah. So what's the plan? Keep I had, taking uh, this shit we're giving you. Totally. Kaiser was great. The, um, now they have uh, phone appointments where literally the doctor doesn't even have to see you. It's just you describe the symptoms and uh, they prescribe some drugs for you. And that's kind of where it's at. Holy smokes. And not that it makes any difference. I mean, that saves up the time because most of the time when you do see somebody, they're not really examining. You know, they're listening to three minutes of you telling them something. If they listen, a lot of times they spend more time typing away on their computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's freaky. It's really honestly weird. And And they don't like questions. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and or you get this nice, sympathetic doctor who's like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know why this is happening. And I get it. You know, you're not God. I get it. You're not going to have the, I know everything about everything thing. I'd rather you tell me that you don't know than bullshit me For with sure. a fake answer. But at the same time, it's funny because really, and this is not an anti, 
people somehow assume that if you have a problem with medicine as is practiced today, you're anti-science or something. To me, it's the other way around. Is the modern setup for medicine is somewhat anti-science in the sense that if there are things that work, that you try and time after time after time it works and you still decide not to consider them, who's exactly anti-science here? Yes. You know, this is not, this is a... You are defending the name of science, not the reality of science, because then you would actually try things in a way, test them in a way that, and instead, I don't see that happening. That's well, why they almost I, like they're just on scripts. You yeah. know, it's like the, the initial thing. Like, um, I, I, I'm having trouble moving my legs, and and you know, there's pain. We'll do some yoga and hydrate. What? The, what? That was yeah. that was like the first diagnosis. Wow. Yeah, that's nuts. I had uh, a fun one once. I had uh, some stomach issue and I was talking with um, this guy, specialist in like digestive system, all of that. And at one point I was also telling him, man, I'm running out of energy. Like this was years ago, right? And I was like, my energy sucks. I ran out of energy long before the day is over. I don't know what to do to... And the guy, I kid you not, I came in with a stomach complaint. His suggestion was drink more coffee. And I'm like, Wait, time out. Your solution about my running out of energy is drink more coffee, which is a prime irritant of the digestive system. I'm sorry, what? You know? Yeah. And that's kind of the feeling I get. You know, I'm all for... Yeah, I find the current paradigm on this monstrously close-minded and not... And not trying enough, not even like crazy wild things that I mean, sure, you can try, but probably it's not going to work. I'm t- talking about stuff that's like nutrition. Nutrition is pretty damn basic when it comes to health. Yeah, you think they would at least want to know, so what do you eat in a week? Yeah, exactly. And instead, that just... Friend, you can't exist on Twinkies. Yeah, exactly. So No, it's a crazy thing. And, you know, and then to add compound on top of that, the insane insurance system because i'm sure these doctors stick to that script because kaiser mandates it this is what you're allowed to tell people if you don't follow our rules well now you're risking there's that sued. there's that for sure yeah. but there's also the fact that the training is not there no. that the training is all uh, drug dealing and surgeries that's it yeah. that's kind of where it's at there's not a whole lot of anything else going on and so it's a little like, for example, another thing that's completely not addressed in modern medicine in the West, at least, is uh, the role that emotions play in people's health. The fact that, you know, we are not the body is not just this machine that works purely on a functional level, like a no. lot of stuff as like even like we um, we had the whole uh, episode with the whole discussion of uh, Dr. Sarno research. And this is a guy, he's a Western medical doctor and all of it. But he's thinking about the impact that emotion has on health. Yeah. And how sometimes, you know, you keep chasing the symptoms, you're going nowhere. Whereas when you go to the root cause emotionally, suddenly things got... I had a funny one. This was... Uh, this was with another guest of today's like guest remembering day uh, with another guest of ours, uh, Richard Gordon. Yeah, he he, he was in the bone broth a long time ago. But it was funny because uh, he, I told him about Savannah was having, I think, neck problems or something because she was wrestling and she got slammed or something. And so her neck was hurting, wasn't going away. So I was asking him like, hey, what would you do? Blah, blah, blah. And he was saying, you know, energy work, this, and he wasn't working. And he says, well, you know, sometime energy stuff doesn't always work. Uh, in some cases, there are emotional causes that, and I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking, I trust you, so, but it does sound like, is this a cop-out? You know, what is this? But I trust you, so let's see where you go with it. And so, 
But when, when he said just talking to Savannah on the phone, and I'm like, wait, you're going to talk to her about, like, you know, what are you feeling? She's going to be like, my fucking neck got hurt wrestling. There's no emotional anything Tell here. Tell me about it's, your mother. That's about as structural as it gets, you know. There's back, you know. I, I, so f- purely for amusement's sake, I'm like, okay, I guess let's do it. You know, what do we have to lose? So I'm picturing Savannah's face because she's not, She's not close-minded, but she's also, you know, a bit very... So, uh, you know, they talk for five minutes. Savannah, as usual, say about three words. And um, <laughs> Richard doesn't want answer. Just ask, him, ask her question. Just suggest, hey, think about this stuff. You know, think about what the answers could be about these, what could be bothering your emotion, blah, blah, blah. She hangs up the phone. I wasn't there, by the way. She tells me this, right? She hangs up the phone she cries for 45 minutes. Some been sitting inside for a long time. 80% of her neck pain goes in an instant, like as soon as she's done. And then slowly, the remainder, the tiny 20% left, which was structural because she did get slam wrestling. Yep. That one, you know, it's, it's the same thing. Like an injury is an injury, right? That is real. You did get slammed. There was some kind of structural damage. But the degree to which you feel it, the amount of pain, like why is it that one guy with a pinched nerve can barely move and the other guy with the exact same pinched nerve, totally fine, doesn't even notice yeah. it, you know? Structural is part of the story, but there's more to it. And this one was cracking me up because even I was a little skeptical at the beginning and then boom, you see the difference. You're like, holy shit, look at that. That works. <clears throat> I don't know. I trust those healing hands, man. <laughs> And that's, I think, is the problem while we're talking with him, that the, when you go in that direction, there's also a shitload of people who don't know what they are talking about, who are wannabe new age guru, yeah. will use the same language, will tell you the same stuff, but they don't have it. They don't know what they are doing. They, so it's a weird, uh, because it's not that the complaint about, oh, there's a bunch of charlatans are fake. No, those are absolutely true. Yeah. So then it becomes a messy territory of figuring out who's the real deal. And was just selling smoke, you know, where there's no, but yeah, man, fascinating stuff. The workings of the human body, the current medical paradigm. I don't know how we ended up here on an Isabella moment, but what the hell? Who cares? Well, it's, it's a Isabella good. medical moment. Yeah, no, I guess. I mean, yeah. it's exciting times, especially like just the other day, they're saying the mushrooms and even the ayahuasca mm-hmm. may be the way out of depression for a lot sure. of people. Sure, sure. That's very exciting. No, no, it's... We'll all be in the same prison cell very soon. There's a lot of very interesting stuff there, for sure. Well, anybody have any paleo questions? It may be time for me to prepare (laughs) a handout. You need to study more and get ready to roll. Well, I feel better, too. Yeah. And, you know, just participating. I I do it 85% of the time. Sometimes I do need a piece of bread. Yeah, whatever. You know. Close enough. Stay healthy. Thrive. After a mashup from last time, it's a regular story time with no Bible implications. Nope, none whatsoever. We go in pre-Christian time. Uh-huh. This will be under the file. Romans were weird people, which I think you don't get to conquer half of the world if you're not weird. You know, you need to have something strange in your psychological makeup. Because, I mean, the funny thing is, like, Romans lost battles just as much as anybody else. Nobody stay undefeated all the time. 
But the normal thing that normal people did is that when they get their ass kicked monstrously, they consider we have been defeated. It's over. The Roman thing was like, it's not over until every single one of us is dead kind of thing. So it's like, you know, typically if you inflict a heavy blow, you won the war. These guys would not give up. So they would just... Just they, a flesh wound. Yeah, they would be like, we just lost 50,000 men. Okay, we got 50,000 more. Let's go with that. And this, uh, So yeah, there's a strange psychological makeup that will be proven by this couple of short stories. Are we towards the end of times when they're against the Goths and the Picts no, in Britain? No, no, early. This oh, okay. is the first guys from the 200s before Common Era, so about 2,300 years ago or so. Um, Marcus Attilius Regulus. Good old Regulus. He was uh, a general and a consul in the Republic. And the story about him, and again, who knows how much there's legend and how much is history, it's hard to separate the two, is that at one point, you know, he was active in the wars against Carthage. He was successful. He defeated him in a, in a naval battle multiple times until eventually he was defeated and captured. So they bring him to Carthage, which is basically modern-day Tunisia, roughly. And they offer him a deal. They essentially say, look, we let you go. You can go back home on one condition. You have to give your word right now that when you go back home, you are going to press the Roman Senate to make peace, no. to accept the peace offer that we make. No. You know, he's like, so you go and do your thing. He leaves. He goes back home. Uh, or, or I think the, the idea was your word that you have to either do that or come back to us. You know, if you don't succeed in convincing them or something, you have to come back to us. Which, of course, it sounds like who the hell is stupid enough to come back to them, right? So Regulus goes back as a meeting in the Senate gives this fiery speech to reject all the Carthaginian peace proposals and say, let's continue the war. And this is where it gets weird, because now he says, yes, but we have a deal with the Carthaginians, so I'm going back. So he goes back to Carthage, where he's promptly tortured to death. Did he unveil that the fact that he traded on him while he was being tortured? Uh no, I mean, the Carthaginians knew that that was his speech, that that's what it Oh, happened, he didn't you know, go back and lie. Like, I nope, came back, nope, I tried, nope, and then that he was just it. told him what he did. Yep. And that yeah, was that. that's which weird. Which is interesting. Compare it to, for example, there was um, <clears throat> George Washington in the French and Indian War. He, the French at one point, have him pinned down in a fort. They could slaughter him, him and all of his men. And they basically give him an out. They say, look, we let you go home. But you sign the thing in which you take responsibility for the murder of this French officer and you accept the, he sign it, off they go with their lives. The second they get home, Washington is like, ah, you know, the lighting was bad when I signed the candlelight and I don't understand French that well. I never do this crap. I never really meant this. And it's like, well, if you don't, then please go back in the fort where you are pinned down with a gun to your head and start over from there, which is what good old Regulus would do. <sighs> but, you know, there's something to be said about strategy, I guess. Regulus goes to go torture to death. Washington will uh, live a long life and become the first president of the United States. So, you know, there's... Uh, I'm not advocating the Regulus approach. I'm just comparing and contrasting, and you draw your own conclusions. Perhaps you just want to make Jupiter happy. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a glorious one. And I guess since we are with weird Roman stories, I might as well. A story again, possibly this one. I mean, the previous guy, Regulus, we knew he was a historical character and who knows exactly how he panned out. It seems to movie-like, but maybe, you never know. This one, the odds are high that this is more legend than not, but the Romans tell it as a history, you know, Roman historians like Livius bring it up as history, but, you know. This involves a guy, another Marcus, Marcus Curtius. Marcus Curtius, here is the tale. In- had to be a pain in the ass to have Marcus out back then, like 19 people. I know, it's like, oh, yeah. hey, Marcus, yeah. like oh, wait, 25 wait, wait, wait. people. Yeah. The 362 before Common Era, um, suddenly this big sinkhole opens up in the middle of the Roman Forum, which is the center of town, the place where they met for meetings, for everything. And people panic because it's like the earth is just opening up, swallowing up buildings and everything. And they are, and they can feel it. You know, it's like this humongous gap that's like, so they consult an oracle to figure out, you know, what should we do? What is that the gods are trying to tell us here? Because it doesn't sound good. So what do we need to do to make it right? And the response of the oracle is that Rome will have to sacrifice its most precious possession and then the gods will be satisfied and this will be fixed. And the Romans further like, I have to sacrifice what? First is what is our most sacred possession? That's not even that clear. And second, it's an amazing I'm not collection of sure. prostitutes, I'm sure. Yeah, there's that exactly. So there's there are different theories regarding what should be sacrificed. The story goes that our young soldier Marcus Cortius yelled at the other Romans, saying, "Come on, we know what the most precious possession we have is, is our courage." And our weapons, you know, we are the we are Roman soldiers. Is it's the spirit that is the real deal. So showing this is how this is we Romans how we handle business. He just charges and dives inside this giant sinkhole. Sacrifice, you know. There's also something pretty cool. It's like I'm gonna sacrifice Rome's most prized possession, me, my giant cock. <laughs> he jumps in there. The sinkhole magically closes. Whoa! The Roman Forum is fine again, and Rome is saved thanks to his sacrifice. Wow. Did he really work out like that? Probably not, but it's a cool story. And it tells you a lot about the psychology of the Roman, the pre-Roman Empire, the Roman Republic. Parable level, that one there. Yeah, I wouldn't go too literal on the truth of it all, but... Well, I thought case. this was going to be all vomitoriums and, and wackiness like that. No, but it's still uh, it's still a solid one. No, nah, that's definitely weird. It. Yeah. That's story time for you. <laughs> well, it's time to reach deep inside the digital mailbag and find today's query or two. One. One big one. Here we go. What we got? Let's go with uh, a very serious one. Let's go with our thoughts on the death penalty. Oh. That's a good one. Okay. Complicated one, too. Not a simple answer. My mind has definitely changed over the years. And, uh, you know. Do tell. Then I'll go with mine. Let's, um, the Portland thing. The train stabber. The guy that killed the two guys and almost killed the third guy. Boy, he knew exactly where to cut, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He went straight for the bleeders and yep. 
killed those guys. Yep. That motherfucker deserves to die. There's mm-hmm. no question in my mind. But, unfortunately, I have adopted, if you can't get them all right, then we can't do any of them. That sure. if one person, one innocent person dies yep. with our imperfect system, yep. then as much as I, I can understand, I can understand wanting the revenge, I can understand all of it, but... It, it'll be my ass. No, that, no, I that, got you. You know, is facing the hangman's noose. You know, I have an exact. I was, I was thinking, oh, maybe you're going in a slightly different direction, so we'll play with different answers. Mine is exactly the same. Oh. Is no, I agree I with fake you. It. Kill them all, David. Kill them all. No, because I do. I feel the same way, right? There are some people that to me are way beyond the, the possibility of redemption. And if anything, my definition of what qualifies for being beyond the possibility of redemption is probably even considerably stricter than what currently passes for that penalty offenses. Yeah. You know, to me, if you are a rapist, Fuck you. You need to die. There's no redemption. There's no... You're so past the pale of what's uh, decent human behavior that yep. you need to go. You know? The others, yeah, there's one simple way to uh, fix you. It's a nice bullet in the head, Chinese style, or then they send the bill to your family to pay for the bullet. Much which easier is always... than this insanity with their cocktails of stuff that doesn't work and that whole insanity. But, you know, so... Th- that that's you know to me there are people who are just awful human beings yep. that you cannot bring back like once you pass certain lines there's no coming back yep. but having said that there is exactly what you said which is you better be right in the application because then the problem with a screwed up justice system sometimes is that and not even screwed up by you know it's just the nature of the business people make mistakes sure you do end up with cases there. You do end up with people who are not guilty, who end up on that road. And there's no shortage of them. No, and that's bad, bad, bad. So the thing to me is, like, if you're not, like, there should be, like, different standards, right? There is the, because the reality is that the whole thing of guilty beyond reasonable doubt is not true. Because, you know, we convict a bunch of people where there is a doubt, yeah. Or there is an issue of like, huh, it looks like it, but who knows? And then sometimes the you find out. exonerates exactly. them 15 years later. Precisely. I'm sorry, so, friend. Here's a million dollars a year. I'm sure that'll be good enough for you, huh? Totally. So to me, it's like whatever the system is now, which is not guilty beyond reasonable doubt, is clearly a little bit less. Yep. You want to convict based on that? That's fine. But you want to go for the death penalty? That to me would have to be a... 310% absolute, like that guy, right? You know, there's footage of him killing somebody. Okay, there's no argument. It's done. You yeah. know, uh, he'll we probably know. admit to it. Exactly. I mean, he's such a crazy son of a bitch. The guy who admits to it, the guy who, uh, where there's footage, the guy where, you know, the cases where the evidence is so obvious that there's not even an issue, like nobody in their right mind would argue. You know, you can have a panel of a bunch of people, including the more. Uh, trying to give them a chance kind of people. Yeah. If you say, yeah, the guy is guilty, then it's done. You yeah. know? And, you and know, in that case, Timothy forget... McVeigh's and the people like that, yeah. completely. And then forget the 15-year appeal process. No, you get uh, one appeal a year done. You know, that's already been generous. The, um, but that to me would have to be how it is. You know, you would have to make it considerably higher uh, burden of proof for it to go through. Yeah. If you meet it, then I say Chinese style. 
just go for it and finish it quick. Uh, but you need to meet it because otherwise I just don't trust the state. No. And the money we waste with, I mean, it's like a million dollars a prisoner yeah, for death yeah. row. No, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Just, you know, you're never getting out. Yeah. Here's your shitty cell. Yeah. Contemplate, my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's my thing. It's like I'm not opposed to the death penalty in theory. I tend to be have issues in practice because yeah. that's not the way we handle it currently. No, there's definitely um, people that deserve it. There's no question. Oh, God, there is no shortage of, or if anything, I mean, seriously, in that sense, is that's why the current system is ridiculous because you technically have it, but kind of not really because then you're constantly, like the overwhelming majority of people on that row will die of old age. Um, but then you have it in a way that sucks because you're not entirely sure of the guilt of all of these people. There have been cases. So it's like, it doesn't work from any direction. It doesn't work because you're going the hardcore way of just, okay, one year time and then execution kind of thing. It doesn't work because, uh, so it's not efficient. Is There are issues about the guilt or innocence. There are, it sucks from every point of view. You know, it just doesn't work in the current system. I would go both stricter and easier at the same time. I uh, would implementation faster, quicker, and more direct, but at the same time, uh, the burden of proof would have to be 300% sure. And how does it qualify deterrent-wise? I mean, I think life in prison seems like just as shitty a deterrent as the death penalty. Yeah, the death no, penalty it, almost sounds easier. I'm not even because uh, life in prison is so fun. It's more yeah. like... Uh, no, it's a punishment. Yeah. But, no, I mean, it sucks regardless, but the idea is you need to disappear off the face of the earth. You're just a shitty human being, you know. You do not get to deserve to breathe the same oxygen that everybody else does. And if we could get all these folks uh, arrested and jailed for tiny little drug offenses. Oh, yeah, that's ridiculous. That's the we other got thing. plenty of space for those fellas. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we managed to lose both our conservative and liberal listeners at the same time. Sorry, guys. Good job. That's funny. I, that was on the ballot, wasn't it? And I don't know what California decided now. I think we are not doing it anymore. I don't remember. I mean, it's been on hold forever anyway, yeah. but it's uh, it's a weird system. It's a very, like currently right now, it's wrong from every possible point of view. Um, there are legitimate liberal critiques of the death penalty. There are legitimate conservative critiques of the death penalty. It just doesn't work at all. Well, if you take a map and you look at the folks that are pro-death penalty and the countries that aren't, mm-hmm. I think I'm more in line with the countries that aren't. Yeah, but then again, I do find, uh, like, I do get bugged with the stories of people who do horrible things. Off they go again, and they do it again. And off they, it's like, dude, there are certain things where either... You're at, never getting out is the only... Exactly. You know, at least uh, just throw away the key in those cases, you yeah. know. But in any case, enough of my... Uh, well, we didn't fix that one. No, no, I mean, I think it's totally fixable. It's just I'm not the great dictator of the universe who got to impose it by law tomorrow, you know, but I think it's I think it makes perfect sense what needs to be done. Yeah. There are very fairly obvious steps that I think would be easy to get most people on board with to yeah. make it happen. You have to check these three boxes off to ever reach that level. Absolutely. And I don't think this is not even a liberal or a conservative argument. It's kind of in between. 
It's both acknowledging what the liberal fear of the death penalty is, because it's legitimate, yeah. and it's acknowledging the conservative, let's do this already for Some people. Some people deserve are... it. Absolutely. And both in my mind are true. So I'm not really picking an ideological position on this. I'm picking a practical one. So how's that for an answer? Damn right. The funky music means one thing, and that's the end of another fine episode of the Drunken Down Podcast. We did it. Made it through another one. Hey, uh, I I know I mentioned it on the last one, but we were $75,000 in loans on Kiva. Sweet. And now I'm fired up. I think if we did 75, 100,000 seems completely possible. Within reach. Totally I, within reach. I and give if, it one year. Just not even that. We're doing like 10,000 uh, uh, every six months right now. So Sweet. Nice. Anyway, if there's... 191 of your fellow listeners that have uh, contributed that amount. I mean, a lot of it is repeat loans and money that, that gets used over and over again. But please, Kiva.org, Team Drunken Dallas, come on out. 25 bucks, you can join in. And uh, let's get to 100,000 because that's kick-ass. And maybe they'll send us a sticker or something if we do good. So. <laughs> I like stickers. So, so who else do we have to thank? Uh, let's thank some sweet folks who donated. Ooh, I like those names. people. Let's do this. Here we go. Let the pottering begin. Uh, this guy, <laughs> this guy uh, said, "I've got other dates just to see you struggle with the name." Here we go. <laughs> and he has a good one. We got Antibajukia. Maybe, maybe not. Antibajukia. I have no idea. So that was my stab at it. What do uh, they call it for short? I let me know. Anti, what's up, buddy? Yeah, let me know. I don't think it's even anti. I think it's it's A N double T I. That's the first name. Uh, not too many. Anti, anti, anti by joke. I don't fucking know. Well, that's okay. an excellent name. So yes, good times. We have uh, Lisa Robles, Eric Sutton, 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 Alexander Longmore, Matt Chebre. Um, or Shebret or something Sean Faust Gordon Cinco Frederick Weinberg and Mike Ordunes thank you everybody thank you thank you thank you much appreciated thank you also of course to Datsusara Onnit and Shore Design bags backpacks supplements special foods workout gear and awesome t-shirts any of these things appeal to you check it out in the episode notes we have all the links the discounts all the good stuff as i mentioned up top also thank you to the nice folks at the restaurant mama licha's kitchen uh, if you can give a like to their facebook page which is in our episode notes uh, the drunkentowers.com would be sweet if you are in LA, you want to check out the restaurant, that would be even sweeter. And uh, a thank to Alpha Dynamics Health. They, um, they put together these blends of medicinal mushrooms that I'm very much waiting to try. Love to check it out. If you guys try it out, let me know how it goes and what you think of it. Um, our t-shirts are, as usual, always available. Four of them, badass. You know you want them. Your <laughs> life is not complete without them. The uh, what else do we need to say? 
Thank you to Desi Owls, of course, for Absolutely. the music. Uh, Audible, Coracao Chocolate. Coracao Chocolate. You know the drill. If you like chocolate, check out our episode notes for some healthy version of chocolate, which still tastes good. Uh, Amazon link. Please use it. It's always appreciated. Um, how about that for a change? Use the Amazon link to check out my books, which would Ooh. be sweet. You know, it's funny. It's like my latest book, which is the one that I enjoy the most is the one that got the least amount of people checking out, which is funny because I was selling more books when nobody knew anything about me than now that I have podcasts listened to by a bunch of people, I sell less. The is world it, is a strange is an place. anti-Joe Rogan thing we need to know about? I or? have no idea what this is. I don't know what the... But who cares? In any case, fun times. Check out the Amazon link, please. That would be sweet. And um, I think we call it a day. Bye, everybody. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as soon as they come out. You can keep track of Daniel at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at richimon1. That's R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N, the numeral one. See y'all soon. No, you don't. <laughs> in questo cazzo, in questo caso, le provvidenza di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, yeah? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs> this was great. Fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. We've been yeah, having a great hour here. Got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're outro. Oh, we're outro. Okay, sorry. So that's so. Let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and uh, uh, your accent? It just whatever that movie is you were trying to tell can me. Can you about, translate for me, please? I believe the word was tombstone. Yeah, that one exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the road shall teach you. Get back to work.